podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I've been asked to star in a new film called Constipation. It's not out yet. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I like the little smile on your face, Nate. That's the only way I tell them, mate, is I smile before because I know they're going to be good. Okay, this was good. Shall I just crack on with the review? Uh, I thought that was good. I'm just adding my two pence there, but I thought this was good. So, good. Did you just say your two pence? I did, yes. <laughs> I like that. No, I like it. Keeping it, keeping it British, but adding my two pence to the mix. Well, we're in Montreal right now, and uh, I was like, well, I just need a bit of, bit of home love. So, two pence it is. Two, two Canadian pennies? Pennies or cents? I'm going cents. I think cents. Two pennies, buddy. <laughs> Just review it. <laughs> nine, Nate, nine. Get in. So before we started this pod, Nate said, I've had a beer before I got here. And I was like, well, hello. Oh, now he's on his second beer. And I was like, oh, hello. This is going to be good. And then he quickly showed me the long list of jokes that he's got. And I was like, don't show me. Don't show me. show him. He didn't see, he didn't see it. He saw the, the <laughs> he, he saw the document. He didn't see the, the actual jokes. That would be... That'll be showing how the sausage gets made. Uh, and my jokes are sausages. <laughs> that is true, yeah. And you make them. Uh... <laughs> and Brett is gone. He's gone. This is, in case anyone couldn't tell, this is live. And I'm right next to Lawrence. I've never been this close to Lawrence in my life. I've never been this close to any man in my life, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Start the show, damn it. We can do this, I've got control, right. Welcome to the Paddock, podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lars Bretto, a presenter correspondent. <laughs> I'm Chris Madden, a correspondent at Racer. <laughs> I'm Nate Saunders from ESPN. Wow, you didn't really want to get through that. It was actually so good. And you were rushing that I couldn't help but laugh for you because that was, that was delightful. I don't think I've ever cried on this podcast. This is first. Well, I've, I've told some bad jokes. <laughs> but no, I don't think I've seen that from you before. That was quite, that was quite spectacular. Now I'm going to set the scene. Because nobody can see us except two stalkers. Um, we have we we have a, a live audience. So actually, we have a very big live audience because we've come to a bar in Montreal. There's the three of us, one, two, three. But there's only one microphone. So right now, I control everything. Uh, and the bar's called Nicks, Nikes, N-Y-K-S. There's a plug because they're angry that we just walked in and started doing this in their in their bar. But Jess and Laura Winter are here, live watching. Uh, an episode of the Padhock, and uh, they liked Nate's joke. I think. I think so. Did you, you guys hear it? I didn't actually hear the joke, but I saw Lawrence's reaction, which was pure tears, and that was enough for me. Yep. I mean, solid, solid joke, Nate. It's probably one of your best work. That's enough of the fan interaction. Back to the actual <laughs> podcast. Never again. <laughs> will we? Will we venture into fan interaction? Never. Padhock first, though, isn't it? We've not done that before. First ever voices. Sorry, I'm actually sorry. Sorry. First ever voice. First voices that weren't ours, ever. Wow. On this pod and in F1. <laughs> That's a lie. We had Daniel Ricciardo saying that he's a Barretto, so um, you've both just done a massive disservice to Danny Rick. No, 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 lie. This is our first live guest. Oh, yeah, come on. 
live. Here's what's recorded. And can I just say, first female voices, thank you. Uh, also true. Uh, but... 125 episodes. <laughs> so much of this is just half a sentence for people. It's great. Um, the beauty of having one directional mic. But anyway, seeing as we're live and there's... We're going to get live reviews from uh, what looked like a thrilled crowd here. Um, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of locals that are just they're delighted to be part of this. Uh, we have no actual reviews for the pod this week, so there's only one thing for it, and that's to go to the best review of all, which today is live. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I forgot to do the review in the normal way, <laughs> so what I'm going to do is do it live. Uh, Medus, do you have the the order? I, I have it here, but I was also gonna I was gonna use my phone for. Never mind. You know what? Multitask. I'll multitask for the first one. Yeah. No, no, no it's all good. We're fine. Uh, we have for the first time ever an official stop clock. Yeah. So now I'm gonna. Oh. So I'm gonna be honest with you. Recently, I've been rather liberal with the, <laughs> with the timing. It's been about the 65 second review, maybe the 70 second, and now I'm gonna be found out. Like the fraud that I am. Right. Uh, I have to usually do the talking, don't I? I've never, I've not, I have no idea what I'm going to say to any of this stuff. Okay, so. Three. Two. One. If you've only got one minute to spare, want to know who finished when and where, sit back, relax, because we got you. Here's Nate with the 60 second review. First position was Max Verstappen, who's pretty good at driving cars. Sergio Perez, pretty good at not fighting his teammate. George Russell, very handsome man. Uh, very tall man. Very nice chin on him as well. Uh, and his back's in better shape than Lewis Hamilton's, uh, which is not in good shape, which we're sad about. I was going to try and multitask here and find a tweet, but I can't find it. So uh, I'm just going to read the first tweet I see. Guys, looks it's the man on the sofa. <laughs> which was a, out of context. I've just realized I didn't read the original tweet. Oh, I'm in the mud. I'm in the mud. Fifth place was Pierre Gasly! Uh, Vettel in sixth position. Alonso in seventh. Uh, about as slow as he was in Monaco. Am I right? Uh, oh, God. This is, why, this is why I never do this very well. Danny Rick in eighth position. The first non-live voice on the pod. Uh, Norris, Ocon, Bottas, Albon, Sonoda, Schumacher. The Canadians always finish together. Latifi and Stroll. And we're out of time. I mean, that was, pretty, that was a train wreck. Absolute train wreck. Nate, you've added nothing. <laughs> I feel like if you didn't have your little sideways moment with Twitter, yeah. you would probably would have made the cut. Yeah, that that really threw me. I was I was on a, I was on a good good. I, I got a bit bogged down on how good looking George Russell is, <laughs> which I didn't I didn't. That just came from within. I don't know where don't know what happened. <laughs> you've never mentioned this before. No, I, I too much. I panicked. I, I had nothing to say. I had nothing to say. So I just talked about his chin, his jawline, strong. But I did enjoy the end of it. Was just you listed off the drivers in order. <laughs> I liked the way that you saw Danny Rick on there. Even though you watched the race and you saw him in eighth and you were still surprised. <laughs> Your voice was like, Danny Rick in eighth. Because I, I, I know that the curse of my book exists anywhere outside of Italy. And I was surprised that he, he fought through that. So, yeah. Um, I mean, that's not my best review ever, but the joke was good. So we're, uh... But I, I enjoyed the fact you tried it live. Yeah. And that's the main thing. I'm not sure we should revert to this in future. I feel like you do better without the pressure of people looking at you. I, th- I mean, just generally. I mean, that's definitely what my ex used to say to me. <laughs> Wait, that means... Move on from that joke. That means there are people watching when... 
And that, in hindsight, is weird now. I didn't ever think of that before. <laughs> I don't know why she, why she invited all of those people over to watch. Uh, reviews, I mean. We did reviews together. Right? <laughs> okay, I need to move on. We need to move. Let's, let's go. You need to stop me from talking. Because I'm it is, and I don't know what I'm doing. The thing is, I control the mic here, and yeah, I'm just leaving the mic in front of Nate when we all know what happened. It's far more fun doing that sometimes. You just kind of let him go. You like wind him up and just see. Like even now he's giggling to himself and doing little gestures. Um, but yeah, it's the two beers. That's definitely what it is. You'll never like this normally, except you are every week. Cheers. Yeah, Nate just raised his glass for everybody who can, who can see this audio-only podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, go on then. What's the, what's the sound of it? There you go. There you go. Cheers. <laughs> So, Nate, do you want to tell us what you were trying to tell us from Twitter or not? Or is that gone? Is the moment gone? You guys talk for a little bit. I'll find the tweet and it's probably not, it's probably not even that good. Well, I've got a question then uh, while you find that. And it's because uh, it's currently Thursday in Montreal and we're having a beverage in a bar. It's currently Wednesday in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who invited this live audience? This is outrageous. They tell us where we're wrong. At least when people... People hear the podcast and they say that to us. Tell us we're wrong. We don't know. It's far easier. Uh, oh, we've lost two. Uh, two of our audience already gone. Uh, two, two guys who just walked out of the bar uh, looking very disappointed in us. Probably because they heard I said it was Thursday. They panicked. They've got to go to work. Going back to the fact that it's not Thursday, but if it was Thursday, then we'd be a week on from uh, Thursday in Baku when we enjoyed some drinks. Didn't we, Lawrence? What a terrible segue that was. I don't care. Let's talk about the Baku welcome party. Yeah, do we have to? <laughs> um, we went to a party, with us. Uh, the Baku Bash is what I like to call it. Not the Barreto Bash, as some people are calling it. Why do they call it that? Um, because I think one of the first years that they held it, um, we had a great time. Um, I think we'll leave it there, Meadows. I think we've told this story on this podcast in the past. Uh, and I went there this year thinking, no, let's just make it a bit more of a subdued affair. Um, and it kind of was very briefly um, and then uh, it wasn't <laughs> I mean uh, I feel like that's the, the, the short version of it everyone had a great time and uh, the end everyone did have a great time I will add some meat to the bones of that one uh, so it was very nice they were kind enough to put on a, an open bar uh, it was advertised from 7am no 7pm to 1am it was it was yeah it was, it, it was, a, it was a big window and uh, time zones are going to me uh, I'm being laughed at here. No one can see this or hear this. It's the thing. We've got one mic, so you lot are just pissing yourselves at me. No one else knows. I'm just talking gibberish. Anyway, 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. And at 10 o'clock, halfway through, they just shut the bar. They were like, nope, no more. So people rioted. They Actually, they really did. But fortunately, it was solved by our friend, Mr. Tom Cooney, who reopened the bar by speaking to those who had closed the bar. And the beer ran out, so everyone started drinking local white wine. Then the white wine ran out or wasn't available, so somebody brought champagne to Mr. Bretto. Then someone thought it was a good idea to do some shots. Anyway, as you can see, this went downhill rapidly. Uh, and by, I don't know, the early hours of the morning, when everyone was thinking, we should go to bed, Lawrence was just in full Baku mode. It was a joy to watch. When he's in full flight, it's sensational. There is something about Baku. I don't know if it's the air, the water, a combination. You just turn into a monster when you're there. You genuinely, and I mean monster in the beer monster, it's just a good good kind of, Disney, like a Disney kind of monster, a good monster now, you know, like a, a lovable monster, not like an old school like 90s monster, but like a modern day, a, a lovable beast, that's what you turn into. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> wow, that was a 
lovely, lovely moment between the two of you. Uh, Nick, have you found your tweet? I found it, and then I hit home, and I lost it. <laughs> and I can't, I can't find it. It took me so long to find it. Basically, it wasn't as good as I thought it was. It was basically, I did a really killer fire tweet where I, I said, um, during the Baku race, I said, up next, we have a man who's been sitting on his sofa all week who thinks that Lewis Hamilton's been faking the injury he sustained driving a 220-mile-an-hour F1 car, which is bouncing violently. And one guy tweeted, like, today I learnt you, can, you have to have the monetary means to drive an F1 car to have a fucking opinion. And I was like, I mean, in this case, possibly? That was all it was. It wasn't, it wasn't worth ruining the review for. It definitely wasn't worth us coming back to. So, listeners, I apologise. I'm going to go back to my beer for a little bit. And when I come back, hopefully I'm in better shape. Fingers crossed on that one. We'll let you know. Uh, so, uh, apologies if you can hear a lot of French minus, but this is authentic. We gave, we're bringing some Montreal atmosphere to the pod um, with people getting checked in to this bar. We have taken a table up that we really shouldn't, actually. I don't think they're delighted with us, but it's fine. We give them a plug. So, I'm doing a new thing here. You know how they say bonjour, hi, when you come in? If you... I, Someone did that in my hotel, and I said, mercy, thanks, when they checked me in, and it did not go down well. <laughs> they looked at me like, what is that? I was like, I thought, I thought it'd be really funny. Silence. I, that joke got a zero out of ten. So, mercy, thanks, does not go down well. No, no mercy and no thanks was given to me. So I might do au revoir, bye, when we leave here. Au revoir, bye. <laughs> mercy, thanks. <laughs> no? Uh. This used to be an F1 pod. <laughs> Do you remember that? That was fun. Oh, well, speaking of F1 pods, yeah, let's get on back on track. What we need to talk about is something that we're very well versed in. Uh, Lawrence is an expert in. Uh, your new shoes. Oh, yes. So one of the perks of coming to Canada is I got to meet the guy who's painted my shoes for the last year and a bit, I would have thought. Ken Taylor. Lovely chap. Took him a long time. No, <laughs> Medlin was so excited to get the mic on me to do that gag. <laughs> Nate is laughing a lot, but I'm pretty disappointed. This is why we don't let you do the jokes on here, Medus. Oh, no, he's gone sad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Medus. I'm sorry. But to go back to my shoes, <laughs> um, I met um, Ken Taylor, who's the one of the shoe designers. Sorry, I've got two now, haven't I? Um, and he, he um, has painted me a pair of Converse shoes, um, inspired by the Montreal Canadiens ice hockey team. Uh, he's a massive fan, uh, has been all his life, and obviously I'm in Montreal, so he thought it'd be quite a nice thing. So it was a nice surprise for me to get here. But also just quite cool to hang out with the guy who I've talked to on the phone quite a lot over the last sort of years. And so thank you, Ken, for my latest pair of shoes. Um, I will show you guys when I come to the paddock tomorrow, wearing them. Will you put a photo on the paddock socials so people can see them? Yes, I will. I will. I'll, do you want them on my feet or off my feet? Oh, um, that's a question I wasn't ready for. Uh, on your feet, please. I think I'm going to go with on your feet. But if Danny Rick finishes top five, I want him off your feet. I want you doing some kind of shoey. I mean, I'm all over that. I don't know if Danny's going to be up for it for top five. We're not, we're not here to talk about Danny Rick. We're here to talk about you doing a shoey. <laughs> Ask Danny Rick, because top five at the moment is like a podium for him and McLaren, right? So Hang on, I misunderstood. You want me to do the shoey out of the shoe? I want both of you to, but I want you to instigate it. I think that's fair. Okay, all right. Can, no, can we say top three? I mean, that would be... That would make a lot more sense, but I think top five. Top five, you do the shoey. Top three, he does the shoey. He is in me or Danny Rick? 
Danny Rick. Okay, good. Yeah, I agree to that. I, it's just you looked my way when you said he. I was like, wait, I'm not doing a shoey. I've already ruined the man's career once with that book. I don't want to ruin it again with a shoey. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll sign up to that. There you go. I mean, I've already lost one pair of my shoes to a shoey. What's another pair? You know, all right, your deal. So Danny Rick in the top five, I'll do a shoey. Danny Rick in the top three, we'll both do a shoey. But Danny Rick has not committed to this yet. Where do you think these will rank in your favourite shoes you've you've had made for you? Because it sounds like a lot of effort's gone into these. Yeah, in terms of the detailing um, of it, it is it is very very good. Uh, where does it rank? Uh, probably my favourite of the ones that I've had um, personally customised. I love how decadent this podcast has become. Lawrence is like, these are my favourite shoes I've had custom made for me. We're all, I'm here drinking a couple of beers in Montreal. We're in sunny Montreal. We're making jokes about the French. It's great. It's, it's more Barreto makes it decadent, isn't it? Because he's talking about the favourite shoes he's had made for him. He talks about his favourite chef in the paddock. Um, yeah, I mean, he's the only one who brings any class, really. He's here sat having a gin and tonic because it's just a classier drink. Nate and I are here with, with pints. <gasps> Nate has just spotted listeners that Barreto is now so important yes I call him Barreto the guy that goes oh he's on a public school for children from the UK um, I don't know what accent that was that's a public school joke as well that you just made there like a ooh, ooh, ooh. that's how that's how people who went to a very nice school think that like uneducated kids talk so does that make it meta or was that just no just weird into the metaverse with Chris Medland yeah I'm forgetting that I'm controlling the mic here and I could just stop you guys talking at any point, but I'm going to give it back to Medlin because he's excited. Because I was going to say, Barreto has two phones. Yeah? What's wrong with having two phones? One's a work phone, one's a personal phone. There's a cost of living crisis on, mate. And you're sitting there with two mobile phones. I can barely afford to have one. <laughs> Isn't this because you ruined your work phone? Let's not get into the details. <laughs> Granular details are irrelevant at this point. Okay? Did I or did I not repeatedly sit on, drop, and spill liquid on my work phone. Potentially. And if I did, or if I didn't, irrelevant to the story about your phones, isn't it? Uh, but yes to all the above, and it is a cost of living crisis, so you should be ashamed. Okay, well, I apologise um, on that note. I don't know what to say. Well, it's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll save you. Firstly, it's damn cool to be back in Montreal. And it's Wednesday, I'm told, not Thursday. So... On Wednesday in Montreal, we've been to a Williams pop-up store that is in a hotel department store area on Rue Saint-Catherine. That's my best French. Um, And Laurent Winter approved of that French. Uh, But while there, a man called John Coppage came up to me. And John Coppage came up and he is from a little group called the Slutheria. Now, the Slutheria, I am told, are an F1 fan group. They're, they're, I don't know if it's just on WhatsApp or, or where they where they congregate virtually or in person. Uh, but I then got tweeted at by Bird Pinkerton saying that John was delighted to have bumped into me at this pop-up and then had messaged them all. So I did a little video for the Slutheria while I was there and I promised that I would give them a shout-out on the paddock because they are fans of the paddock but they're they're the kind of fans that screw you over because they're the kind of fans who have been leaving outrageous reviews on our uh, Apple podcasts and the like uh, including 
Darth Marco. So the, so the Star Wars review that we got, that, that came from the Sleutheria. Apparently, there's, no, there's a number of them. Uh, so Bird Pinkerton said, on behalf of the Sleutheria, I apologize for the absurdist reviews we've been leaving. And uh, Dara Lind says, I apologize for nothing. So they're all, they're all getting made famous right now. But we have, we have a little group that listens to us. And I said, I'd say hello. Hang on, but didn't you start this story by saying that they are fans of our podcast? Yeah, but they make our lives difficult. But if they're fans, they should be giving us five-star reviews, no? Oh, no, they're doing that. They're giving us five-star reviews. It's just the content that we then read out. I read out, or I think I've got you to read one out, because they asked you to do the, the Star Wars-style one. Yeah, you remember. Oh, yeah, but then I approve of that. I think that's entertaining. I approve. Keep doing it. They have it, Slytheria. Two out of three say, send in more absurdist reviews. What does Nate say? Well, please do, but I'm a bit upset because I thought a real Sith Lord had sent that in, and I'm a big Star Wars fan. I thought there was a Darth Marco, so that's kind of that's kind of knocked me for six of it. Um, but no, no, I appreciate the. I love that Meadows always gets recognised in public, which I was once walking into Monaco with Meadows, and uh, I think we were either going into the paddock or we were already in when you're on that like ring fencing along the the actual paddock itself, and someone started calling at Meadows and was like, "Can I?" Get your, and genuinely, Meadows went over and was sheepish. She was like, hello, I don't know if you signed something for them. I think you did. And I was just there like, hello. Uh, Lawrence and I both signed something for the same guy this year and did a photo with him. Uh, I saw that he had your signature already on the page. And then he asked for a photo of both Jess and I together, which uh, Jess is so delighted about now. She just had her name. Um, but we did a photo, didn't we, for a fan in Monaco. We did, we did yes. And that same fan found me in Lamar. So there you go. Not a stalker. Not a stalker. No, no, not a stalker. Actually, very nice. The stalker here is Laura Winter. She was following us earlier. We were walking to this Williams pop-up, and then there was these, then there were these giggle, giggles. I can say there were giggles then. <laughs> what was going on there? Yeah, I remember my first beer. <laughs> there were some giggles behind us. And you know when you're walking along and you can just hear someone giggling, and you just think, is that about me or not? But you don't want to turn around in case it's not. You also don't want to turn around in case it is and then be like, oh, God, what is this? And it was Laura and Klim uh, who were just following us. Um, I did say Klim's name with energy. People can't hear you. You all start interrupting. I've got the mic. I've got the power. This is going to be probably the best episode we've done, recorded. We're going to have loved this. Worst episode for anyone to listen to, so I'm really, 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 really sorry. Barretto, talk. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, maybe I'll just take the microphone off. We should start talking about some Formula 1 stuff, no? Yeah, yeah, that was, I don't know if you heard that, but that was Meadows going, hmm, yes, as he was drinking beer. Um, but anyway, oh no, I know what we'll do. We'll go back to being good to be back in Montreal after two years away. Oh, is that what that is? Oh. So Meadows was pointing something to his computer screen. I couldn't read what it said, so. Oh, we're on the same wavelength either. Yeah, okay. You don't need to say it slowly for me to understand. <laughs> uh, anyway. At the moment, this is just going to sound like a monologue. You, with yourself, <laughs> having an existential crisis, and I'm here for it. Good. This is what it's like every day for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. Um, and me as well, to be honest. Um, it is good to be back, though. I haven't been to Montreal since 2017. It's the first time I did it, and um, I think it's a great city. And it's kind of crazy we haven't been here since covid um, which, like, I think the last, I, I couldn't believe the last one, last time we were here is when Vettel did the number swap, which is insane because that seems so long ago now, but that was the last time we were here. And that was one of my favourite moments, like, in F1's, like, modern history. So hopefully more of that, please. More uh, 
I don't think Sebastian's going to be in position to number swap this year, though, is he? No, maybe not him, but maybe maybe another Red Bull-affiliated driver could swap numbers with someone. Even though Seb was driving for Ferrari that day, but I see your point, Nate. I was just going to say that that number swap is uh, what brought me into the professional re- professional realm of uh, Miss Jessica McFadden for the first time, where the uh, podcast that she was pre- producing, which was much better than this uh, at the time, needed someone who had been in Canada to come on it. So she messaged me and asked me to come on the podcast. And from there, we said hello to each other. So I'm going to... That's the professional meeting point. I remember you two meeting each other at the NEC in Birmingham. This become a this become a roast of, me, of medicine jest now. <laughs> but I, I don't... That was 2018. And I just... I was just, you know, just with Meadows and... I think we said hello to Jess, and I started talking to, I think, Peacock or uh, Anthony Peacock works for Pirelli. Turned back, and Meadows and Jess are having a very in-depth conversation. I was like, hello, there's something here. But then nothing came of it. And then Vettel obviously did his magic, and he, he got the ball rolling. So I think that NEC happened first, then Vettel the matchmaker, and then love blossomed. And then, then the pad hoc was formed. <laughs> I mean, that's the real... That's a real moment. To be fair, that, that Jess pinpoints that in our relationship. She said, thank God you had that because you were so annoying. But now you ramble with two other people that seem just as weird as you. No, we don't always ramble like this. This is just because we've got one microphone and it feels like we're all a little bit confused. It is. A bl- I mean, for me, it's pretty much. I've not done anything differently in this podcast. Hank, you don't drink two beers before every podcast we do, do you? No, true. I've had one or two once before in a pod. But that was, you know, that was when we were working from home. It was bad, bad times. Bad tidings. But bringing it back to Montreal again. <laughs> um, three of us going out for a burger tonight. It's a reservation that's been knocked over since 2019. So it's been knocked into 2020, then they've knocked into 2021. Now it's been knocked into 2022. Yes, yes, that's the way that years work. Um, so we're going to eat what will be what is currently ranked as the best burger <clears throat> in my rankings. Meadows is looking at me as if he didn't know this, but this is the best burger in the book out of 150. I genuinely didn't know this. I knew it was a good burger. I had no idea it was goat levels. Yeah, it's the best burger that I've ever eaten, ever. I didn't know that either. Wait, is it a, is it a goat burger or it's a goat burger? <laughs> which, one, which one are we talking about? Because I don't want to eat a goat burger. We're not eating. There is the goat burger, I'll have it. But I don't want to have a goat burger. We're not eating a burger made of goat, just for absolute clarity. But it is the goat burger, in my opinion. Important to, clari- important to clarify for the listeners, because I was like, wait a minute. Have I agreed something that would be horrific down the line? I'm mostly annoyed that you guys clearly don't listen to me because I've been talking about this burger for years and wanted to go to this place. Do you have a you have a burger book? <laughs> you're gonna, next you're going to tell us you have custom-made tra- shoes now, aren't you, or something? I, I genuinely just don't yeah, ever listen to you. I, I, I'm, I'm, I feel a bit bad that you didn't realise, but we kind of let you control this, usually, just to make sure it stays on the straight and narrow, but we're not listening to anything you say. Apart from the start... We know that part. Welcome to the paddock. I remember that. Um, and the end, we say we'll do this again very soon because then we get to say bye. Apart from that, never listen to a word in the middle. I'm enjoying at the moment that our F1 punditry on this has been George Russell's got a great jawline. Meadows and Jess first, the spark first was sparked here. And Lawrence has got feet, feet socks to wear. Feet socks? Also known as socks and a, and a, and a burger to eat. Shoes. Feet socks. A.K.A. shoes. 
which you wear with socks. Maybe we should wrap this up at this point. I feel like we need to talk some sort of Formula One before we leave, okay? Yeah, uh, uh, what I really liked was that you were like, let's talk Formula One. Uh, we're going out for a burger tonight. It's, it's the best one I've ever had. So that was the, right. It's all right, though, because now I've just got another drink and it'll be fine. It'll, it'll go better. This is the risk here. We are, we are running out of time slightly, but this will only get better the more we drink. And the, the bar lady has noticed that we're recording something and she's tiptoeing around us in a quite loud bar, but making sure we have drinks. It's, um, it's delightful work. So um, we will talk Formula One. Uh, anyone know anything about Formula One? Uh, no. uh, Ferrari need to sort it out, right? Can we just agree? It, resident Italian, don't they need to sort it out? Si. Grazie mille. And that's all we have time for on this week's podcast. <laughs> I don't know where we go from that. I mean, you've pretty much summed it up, haven't you? I mean, I don't. I feel like Ferrari have got a car that can win this world championship if it is reliable. But the problem at the moment is it's unreliable. And also they're just making mistakes that they kind of need to not make. Um, I'm not giving up on them yet. I think I genuinely think that they're still in this fight, but they've got to turn it around pretty quickly. And the thing that's impressed me most is Charles doesn't seem to be letting it get him down. So he only needs one race that, to kind of get him back on the straight and narrow. The worry, of course, is that Max and Checo are performing so strongly at the minute that if Ferrari don't aren't on top of their game, they're just going to be getting a one-two. And, like, Max was further behind Leclerc than Leclerc is now behind Verstappen and I know he's further into the season but it's such a long season now I feel like you can just afford to get away with a lot of stuff before like Monza time now look at Lewis last year he cut such a gap to Max like I think it'll be okay you know I think Matt like things will swing back around again and I think you'd rather get all this stuff out of the way now than in four or five races time so that's the key though isn't it right like if they can fix it or if they can't and it's a short-term fix, is what they said, right, about the hydraulics thing. And you kind of, obviously, for a one-week turnaround, that's what you want. But hopefully, there's a longer-term fix for all their problems. Because if there's not, that's when it becomes a bit of an issue. Um, but yeah, I, I'm the same as Lazar, right? I, I, think, I think Ferrari have got some fight left in them. We just need to see them win a race. Yeah. They haven't won since April 10th, which is Australian Grand Prix, which is nuts. Yeah, so I remember I asked Charles about converting the pole that he got in the last race, and he was like, and I said, since Australia, and he genuinely forgot that it had been so long since it was Australia that he'd last converted it, because he's been four in a row, isn't it now, that he's, un, uh, he's not managed to convert. There's a crazy stat right now that Verstappen has won more races from Leclerc being on pole than Leclerc has won from himself being on pole. So the conversion rate of the two is so bad for Leclerc that Verstappen has won more races with Verstappen. I think it's something like... Because Leclerc's only got, f- what, four race wins in F1? Which is nuts. Pass. I'm not very good at... St- I'm not very good at... Two in 2019, two this year. And he's on, he's on more pole positions than Verstappen. Verstappen has won... I mean, just this year, Verstappen's won four races from a Leclerc pole position. So that really has to change. If Ferrari are serious about winning the championship, they have to turn pole position or, or qualifying form into reminds me of Mercedes a bit in 2013 you remember when they had a really quick qualifying car and then just kind of disappeared in the races they just were, were nowhere it's a bit like not quite as bad as that but it's quite it's a bit like that so you're correct Charles Leclerc four wins from 15 pole positions Max Verstappen 25 wins from 14 pole positions so that's a big difference but also so four wins from 15 poles uh, Max this year alone has won one, two, three, three races when Charles was on pole, just this year alone. So, in actually, that was, what, three of the last four races, 
have been won by Max Verstappen when Charles Leclerc's been on pole position. And Leclerc's only won four ever, having been on pole 15 times. And, who, and Perez won the fourth of those four because he won in Monaco. So Red Bull have won the last four, four races that Leclerc's been on pole. Well, no, last five, right? It'd be last five because go back to Imola. No, because on pole in Imola was actually Max Verstappen because we have the sprint and who... Yeah, but yes, you're right. A um, little bit weird. I'm not writing Ferrari off because I'm a perennial optimist, but recent history dictates that Red Bull tend to get stronger the longer the season goes on. And Ferrari, in their last couple of kind of half title battles in 18 and 19, 17 and 18, sorry, um, and almost 19 at times, faded the longer the year went on. So if you put those two together, from here, Red Bull are only just going to pull away. So generally, I support that theory, and that is what history suggests. But I think this year is the time in which Red Bull have spent their money much earlier this season on the budget cap. So I think you'll see their development curve tail off towards the end, whereas Ferrari's development curve, in theory, should go up because they spent less money at the start. They obviously had that car that they didn't develop for four or five races, and they've got that money left over from the budget cap to spend. That's the theory of it. Whether they'll spend that money wisely, I don't know. But I think this is probably a year where Red Bull probably won't have that strong tail like they normally do. So, you know when you see one of those um, fish that a Christian put on the back of their car? That's the two development curves you've just described, right? The, the Red Bulls is going to tail off and go down, and Ferrari's is going is to improve, and it's going to create that shape. I honestly don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to Google it while Nate tries to respond to that. I mean, I know the fish you're talking about, but I don't... Sorry to use the fish... The Lord's name, Lord's name event. Also, looking at Jess, I think Canada could be the place the spark died, as well as after that, after that comment. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I know the fish you mean, but okay. Well, I, I'm aware of this fish design, and I'm aware of what that is, but I don't really understand what you were trying to say. You don't think that the uh, development curves there are what you've just described that one's going to tail off and one's going to pick up later in the year if you are looking at them as separate curves yes but that feels like one curve that's yeah. joined together I, f- I feel like I feel like you're saying Red Bull are going to develop so much that they become Ferrari yeah. and yeah. Ferrari develops so much they become Red Bull thus at the end of the year we're left in a confusing situation yeah. where we don't know who's who we don't even we don't even know who we are anymore no, 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 that's Aston Martin and Red Bull. You're getting confused there with who developed and who's who. But that's the starting point, is the head of the fish. Come on, don't be silly now. And the tail is the end of it. So they're clearly they're starting from the same point. They're two separate development curves. I, listeners, I really hope you have a clue what I'm on about. What a great audio experience this must have been for the last five minutes. <laughs> Just talking about a fish. Just imagine a fish, a Christian fish, Godfish. And... Says Jesus fish. Jesus fish. Is that what you googled? Jesus face fish. Sweet. Try and, uh, I'll give you ten pounds, Meadows, if if you buy one of them and you manage to s- sneak it on the Ferrari this year. Ten quid. That's it. Eleven pounds. <laughs> twelve pounds. Canadian. Canadian dollars. That's even less than twelve quid. Rumbled me. Twelve pounds. There really is a cost of living crisis, isn't there? Like, you can see it right now. Um, I will take that bet. <laughs> no, um, but, all right then, put you both on the spot. Who's winning this weekend in Montreal? Charles. Mm. Didn't expect to say that. I'm going to say Max. 
because it's so much stronger on Sundays. Just to paint a picture there, Nate was saying a swig of his uh, ale, and uh, when I put the mic towards him and Barretto said Charles, he went, hmm, but with like a mouthful of beer, I genuinely thought for a split second it was coming out. I mean, it nearly did, but you know, I'm a professional, and uh, I don't spit my beer out when I'm live on a podcast, in, Mon- in Mon- Montreal, as Meadows just called it. Um, no, I'm going to say Max, and I'm going to say... Max wins every race from here until no. I'm not really going to say that. I think I think it'll be close, but I think Max will win. Okay, I look forward to it. That would be good. I'm gonna go with Max as well. I'm sorry, I've just got no faith in Ferrari in the sense that I think they might have to turn that engine down just to make sure that they pick up some points, which is fine. And there'd be nothing wrong with a second or a third for Charles. Right now, that'd be a good result because he's retired from two and finished fourth in the other of the last three races. So uh, yeah, I don't think they should worry if they have to do that so much, but. Yeah, that's, that's where my money is. I'm going with Max as well. Uh, Lawrence, you look like you want to end this. I do. I've been desperately trying to get the mic off both of you over the last 10 minutes just to say sorry to our listeners if there's any left um, about the chat, about the fish, and, well, most of the chat in this podcast, to be fair. Um, oh, Metis wants to say something. I'm going to let him speak. What, what else is happening this week while we're here? What are we doing? What's everyone doing in Montreal? Actually, should we even tell them that or should we save that for the next episode where we explain what we did? That's normally the whole premise of this podcast, isn't it? Wow, I just tried to undo it all in one go. Sorry. I knew I shouldn't have given you the mic back, Meadows. Um, chaps, I was—I normally say at this point it's been a pleasure. You know, I always like hanging out with you, so technically it has been. But I apologise to anyone listening for the quality of the content today. If you like things like Nate's live review of 60 Seconds, if you like the fact that we are doing this live in a pub, if you liked any aspects of today's podcast, please let us know on our social channels at The Pad Hoc. Please also um, leave a review if you fancy. Ideally, five stars, um, because then it keeps our rated high, Meadows tells me. Basically, don't ruin our review based on this show, because there's 120-something, and I think we're better than this. Yeah, or if you liked it, tell us. If you didn't, please shut up. <laughs> and also, if you like the idea of us doing it live and you want to be here... Maybe that's something that we can do in the future. I've got Nate nodding and pointing a finger at me, which is a good thing. Speaking of the live audience, how did you find it? Loved it. Hilarious. I actually would pay to see you on tour. That's a glowing review. You're welcome. Wow. And um, we'll pay you for the re- we'll pay you for that in a sec, right? <laughs> yeah. is an espresso martini. Thank Don't you. Say it on the p- oh, for f- <laughs> I've always liked you, Laura. Thanks. Thanks. Um, you can read Nate's work on ESPN.com, Medicine's work on Racer.com, and my work on F1.com. I'm going to end this podcast now. <laughs> I can tell you that everyone here sat with me is waving. <laughs> um, I'm going to end this now. Uh, we'll do this again very, very soon. Bye. 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 Off what bye. Off what bye. Mercy, mercy, Baku. Thank you. Network.